What's up, everyone, and welcome once again to the Justin Insight Podcast. You probably know this by now, but my name is Tim Birkbeck. I am a writer, I am a lover of films, music, and wrestling. But most importantly of all, I am your body and vehicle through this podcast. I'm uh, going to keep this intro short and sweet this week because I didn't really get up to a whole lot last week for me to talk about to tell you. Um, and it is also quarter to one in the morning when I'm recording this, so I want to get this intro quickly out of the way, get into into the details um regular listeners of the podcast will know if i'm doing a late night recording that generally means it's a wwe roundtable review episode and that indeed it is we are at the great balls of fire pay-per-view the first ever one um of that title i should add uh and i thoroughly enjoyed it um it's really good pay-per-view from from start to finish um you'll you're about to find out why if you're listening to this this episode uh, as always, there are spoilers contained in this episode as we're talking the results of the pay-per-view, so if you haven't seen the show yet, be warned, there are spoilers. Uh, joining me to discuss the pay-per-view are Justin Insight regulars Callum Millwood and uh, Mas Gambadella. so please sit back, enjoy our discussion of WWE Great Balls of Fire, uh, and I'll see you on the other side. So we are once again at WWE pay-per-view. Seems to be coming every other week as it is, but this is a historical one because it is the first ever Great Balls of Fire pay-per-view. Shit name, but a pretty decent pay-per-view if, if I'm honest. Um, joining me for this little uh, review is just an insight regular, and I'm informed all pink everything guitarist from Weather State, Callum Millwood. Callum, how are you doing? That is, in fact, my new name. Uh, but yeah, uh, I'm doing all right at the moment. I'm drinking a cup of tea. It's covered in lime scale, but I'm doing all right at the oh, moment. Oh, beautiful. Um, and my my other guest of this is another Justin Insight regular, but also host of the Bantamania podcast, who has recently finished off his top 50 wrestling theme tunes, uh, Maz Gambadella. Maz, how are you doing? Yeah, good. Uh, I'm actually celebrating this review with... Uh, a bottle of Parodi. No, oh, nice. In bed. Which no, is weird. no pink champagne this time around then. No. <laughs> I think <laughs> that's pink seems to be a running theme with this group. Yeah, I think so. Let's carry. If 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 we're all obviously we can't see each other right now, but we should all start wearing pink every time we <laughs> yeah. do these roundups. I feel like uh, we should set up a merch range, a Justin Inside merch range, just specifically pink products. Yeah, I'm I'm game for that. That's the way forward, I think. (laughs) Right, so, Grey Balls of Fire, Um, as I said at the top, really rubbish name for a pay-per-view, but all round, I thought it was a pretty decent pay-per-view, but I think from start, start to end, there wasn't, there was a couple of matches that were a bit, hit or miss but I thoroughly enjoyed it what what did you guys think of it um, we'll start with Maz um, I thought this was one of the better pay-per-views they've done in a long time uh, I wasn't I'll be honest the only match I was uh, properly invested in was the main event but yeah. to be honest I thought pretty much most of the matches on this pay-per-view delivered 
in some respect. And uh, for someone who doesn't watch Raw SmackDown regularly, um, you know, I thought, you know, I, I became quite invested with a lot of the storylines at the moment. So, you know, all around, I thought it was uh, pretty good. And Callum, what, what were your views? Yeah, pretty much the same, really. Uh, I, I do think this as a show as a whole is a really pretty strong one. I think it was probably going to be a contender for one of the better, I guess, shows that isn't the main four. Um, I think some of the matches going in had a particularly massively strong build, so you did feel a bit more invested going in. Um, top of that, some of the you know there's some great ring work I think from the the whole show. I think it might have been a bit heavy on the wings but I think we're going to break that down in a moment but mm. um, I think yeah I thought the whole thing was pretty alright to be honest um, there's some stuff I didn't like but I think as a whole I, I did really like it really yeah I think the the kind of the bad sorry the good kind of outweighed the bad in this like there was a as I mentioned there's a couple of sort of stale moments I think but overall the the build to, to the main storylines and the, the good outcomes shone through i think and this was credit to to the bookers on this one um so did did you both catch the the pre-show i i did this time actually yeah maz i also did oh lovely so it's we've said this before but i've got a soft spot for for the cruiserweights but i have to admit i've kind of fallen by the by the wayside with 205 live so i've kind of missed a lot of the build for for this match um one thing that impressed me though is straight off the bat was how over Tazawa is by just going ah ah all the time, which is just weird. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed this match. I thought they both showed really good quality. Um, we've said this for months now. Neville is probably one of the best heels in the company, if not the best at the moment. Um, not too overly sort of shenanigan-y. Obviously, the ending was a little bit sort of a typical heel ending. But, yeah, overall, I, I really enjoyed this. Um, uh, Callum, what, what did you think? Yeah, I did like it. Um, I, I feel like, I guess, I guess if you go back a few months, obviously they were setting up this match. And I know um, once um, uh, Neville kind of ended this thing with Aries... I, I, I think everyone guessed it would be Tozawa next, like just because of how over he is with his chant. Yeah. Um, and on top of that, he's obviously a great wrestler and all and everything. Um, and uh, I was speaking, I remember speaking to my mate a few months back, and he was saying, uh, you know, how when they finally let Tozawa have a go at Neville, it's going to be magic in the ring. Um, and I think it's kind of obviously a bit disappointing that it, this is part of a, you know, you know, some kind of pre-show match, and uh, on top of that. You know, my, my, my concern with the whole Titus story involved, it just doesn't feel like it could be a clinic as it as much as it could be. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, I did I did like it. it I, I just want them to have an absolute barn burner, really. Do you know what I mean? But I yeah. just feel like they're obviously a bit restricted with what they can do. Um, Tozawa is fantastic, um, and he is over as hell at the moment. And I'm so glad he's finally getting that kind of push within the division um but yeah uh but i loved them neville just kind of doing his like 450 middle rope thing and just eating shit (laughs) yeah Uh, that looked good um 
and you know I, I, I love Sazawa's sent on it all looks amazing but uh, yeah again it's just the tightest angle I'm not into really but um, it's, I think it's probably you know I, 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 want, I just want a bit more from him at this point I think they did a good job of you know Aries and stuff uh, just you know doing some great stuff with Neville back and forth but yeah uh, I thought it was okay again I, I think I mostly say this about every kind of pre-show match we kind of review anyway Mm. I think like it, it, it's obviously set up for for another match later on down the line with the way that it finished. Um, yeah, I'm I kind of disagree with the tightest thing to an extent, just because I'm glad they've kind of finally found somewhere for him. And obviously, where Tazawa's English still isn't the greatest, it's good to kind of almost have Titus as a mouthpiece. I know he's not the the greatest mouthpiece, but it's better than Tozawa struggling, I think. Um, so I think in that aspect, it does work. And I have I do like Titus in a way, but yeah, I, I get what you mean. He's, he, it doesn't really add anything to, especially like the, the intensity of the actual match. Um, one thing that I did, I did really like, because obviously you mentioned about Neville just eating shit off the, the 450 splash, but there was a point where... Um, Neville had Tazar up in his shoulders and then he just seamlessly transitioned into the octopus stretch, which I thought was was really smooth. Um, yeah. But Maz, what, what did you think of this match? Uh, yeah, the the PWG pre-show <laughs> uh, event there was uh, it was good. I think um, again, I'm like with I'm I'm with you, Tim. I don't really follow um, 205 as much as I guess I should. Um, I. I, I kind of question the finish a little bit, but then obviously I think you're right. You know, this is going to lead on to some more matches. Um, I like Titus. I'll, I'll be honest. I like him in this role. I think this is the best role kind of for him. Um, sort of as a mouse mouthpiece for Tazawa. Um, the match was really good. Um, my only issue is where do they go after this? Because I think... Obviously, we saw with Aries that he kind of had a couple matches and he still didn't get the win, and now he's gone. And um, I mean, what do they do after this feud? You know, because I think, to be honest, I think Neville's a lot better than just being stuck in sort of the cruiserweight division. Like, mm. I think he should be back, kind of what he was doing before, really. Because obviously, we see now that being this heel character he's he's as good as any of the heels on any of the shows at the moment so i mean i'd rather take him off so i mean do you take the title off of him put it on tozawa um you know i just don't think he's over enough to carry that you know that title at the moment but regardless of that i thought it was a good show uh, a good um showing for tozawa um and it was a good sort of uh, pre-show uh, match uh, so I guess I guess we'll see where it goes after this. The, the the finish was a bit yeah. I was kind of like oh here we go all these f- funny finishes you know with this pay per view. But I guess it yeah it just leads to their next match basically. I thought the the one thing I did find a bit odd is obviously where after Neville kind of kicked the the top rope whilst Tazawa was crotched on it, like the follow up was literally just. A kick to the stomach, and then he got the pinfall. I thought, which I thought was yeah. a bit odd. There was no like build afterwards. 
I mean, why? This is some of the logic that just really baffles me with WWE. Like, the ref was like right next to Neville when he kicked the rope, and like he just let it happen. Which I mean, I, I mean, I don't even know if that would be a DQ anymore. But like, <laughs> yeah, he, he gave him a kick, and it was that was why I was kind of a bit like, uh, I mean, he still, I mean, Tazao still looked good in it, but I mean, Neville at the moment, he's a great heel, but yeah, it's difficult. Do you make him more dominant than Tazao because you don't want him too dominant because you still want to get more matches out of it? Mm, I think. In my head, I'm kind of seeing this going until SummerSlam and then Tozawa getting the belt at SummerSlam. And then, as you say, Maz, maybe moving Neville elsewhere. Because I think for, from rumours of what who people are being signed to NXT and stuff, you could see some of those people maybe fitting in that 205 slot later on down the line. Like Leo Rush is a prime example. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't. I think it's weird because obviously, I, I, I want to talk about Austin Aries as well. But with them two at the top, and and to an extent, Brian Kendrick when he was kind of at the beginning of this division, they were kind of like the veterans to hold the the division up. But now it's almost everything is on Neville, and it's like once once the belt's off him, what what happens? That's kind of the big question, I think. I think the problem, though, is they haven't got... I mean, I, I again, I don't watch 205 Live, so I don't know how over Tazao is, but I get the sense that... I mean, the fans like him because he does a chant. <laughs> yeah. He's, like, good at wrestling. But, like, he's not, like, big enough as a baby face for people to get... I think... I'm, I'm not sure they still need to build him up a bit more, but the problem is, is, like, on 205 Live, how many people are watching it, you know? Yeah. Uh, one, one interesting thing, because obviously, like... Some of the cruiserweight guys were over when they did the um, the UK special event, and Tazawa was really over with with the crowd at those shows as well. So I think they do. They've obviously they want to invest in Tazawa, but as you say, I don't know if it's whether he's he's over enough, like just off a chant at the moment to to kind of hold the belt. Uh, see, I I originally thought when they kind of built the division Cedric Alexander would be the the obvious choice but he's still stuck in this weird love triangle with Noam Dar and Alicia Fox yeah the secondary title yeah, yeah. <laughs> the intercontinental title of 205 Live no the, uh, the screaming woman well you're right I think Cedric's got so much potential like I mean think about that match he had with um, um oh god I've forgotten his name now in the in the cruiserweight uh, division, uh, the the cruiserweight classic. Sorry, was um, it was it that? No, it wasn't Zack Sabre Junior. Was it? No, the uh, New Japan guy. Oh, uh, Kota Ibushi. Ibushi, yeah. Yeah, I was say. Well, I mean, like after that match, you'd think he was like bloody John Cena after that. Like he, he was so over. Like everyone gave him so much respect, and they should have like used that. But instead, they got him in this like absolute redundant feud with um, Noam Dar, and I think it's just kind of ruined him. So I think he, if anything, I think he would be the best person to go with if they start yeah. building it properly. Um, and obviously, we, we've kind of mentioned it in brief, but the Austin Aries either being future endeavoured or he's left of his own accord. 
did you guys kind of expect that or is it has it come as a complete shock uh, I thought I didn't expect it at all um, I you know we, I know we haven't seen him on TV since his last match uh, but no I, did, I didn't expect this at all I don't I don't, I don't know what the issue is but yeah uh, you know, who knows really at this point? Well, I guess we'll learn over time, but it's just a bit of a surprise really at the moment. I just think. I it... think... Oh, sorry, go on, Matt. Uh, well, I was just going to say that I was listening to um, the Wrestling Observer and Dave Meltzer was talking about uh, the fact that I think he asked for his release because of how they were using him on Two Five Live, and it kind of makes sense because if you look at Aries's background, like he's been wrestling since like. 2000 like he's been wrestling for a long long time so he's he's quite an older veteran yeah and i think <clears throat> i think uh what he was expecting out of his run in wwe was to maybe stay in nxt almost get like the bobby Roode kind of um sort of career where you yeah stay in nxt for a bit and then you move on to the main roster but i think <clears throat> excuse me i think the issue with a lot of people when they see him is his size and it's it's a shame because he's such a good talker and he's a great wrestler um but i think i mean Meltzer was also saying that he's been talking about retirement for a long time as well yeah and uh if i'm if i'm if i'm completely honest i would not be surprised if you see him in uh um Oh, what's it called now? Global Force. Uh, <laughs> oh God. Uh, yeah, because uh, he had a great run there. Like he, he did, was yeah. Super over in in sorry, uh, I can't even. How many names does that company have? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, TNA, sorry. So I I expect to see him in TNA, and uh, you know, I guess he'll probably retire there, probably. I think the the thing is, is what I kind of find quite interesting is if he is retiring soon, then. It was almost like a ready-made path was already made for him to be on a commentary position because obviously he was doing it on 205 Live before he got back in the ring when he was injured and he was fucking brilliant at it. So, I don't know, it's kind of... I can understand if he still wants to carry on wrestling for a little bit and who knows, we might see him back in a commentary position later on down the line, but I don't know, it kind of feels like an opportunity lost, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I think he was brilliant in... Co- well, I mean, that was the problem, though, wasn't it? He was too good at commentary, and he got super over with it. Yeah. And then he healed up his eye, and then he started wrestling again. Um, I just think it was a case of, you know, bad timing, bad booking, and I think he was just like, I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> that's basically what's happened. Right. Um, so we'll go into the the main show proper. Um, can, I, can I just say that... Oh, go for it. Really awkward. It was really awkward watching the ref try and hand the title at the end whilst Neville like walks to the timekeeper's area whilst the ref has the title in the ring and Neville's asking for his title. I don't know if you saw that. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Oh, I didn't see like, that. The ref was trying to get his attention. He's like, um, give me the title. Neville, yeah. I've got your title here. He's like, yeah, give me the title. And then he kind of uh, runs off. <laughs> no, I didn't notice that at all. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so we go kick off with... Um, Seth Rollins and, and Bray Wyatt. Um, I can't remember f- for the life of me who mentioned it in our little Facebook group, but they were like, what is the point in this feud? Um, uh, to which my answer was WWE. Um, I I can't remember there being much of a build to this, and I think that's kind of what c- 
kind of took me out of the whole whole match in, in general. Like it wasn't a particularly bad match, but it wasn't sort of memorable. I don't think. Like I've, I've got minimal notes on it. A couple of spots from Rollins taking a couple of silly bumps. Uh, like where Bray just kind of spiked his face on the apron, which looked a bit quite brutal. Um, but I'm I'm slowly falling out of love with with Seth Rollins. Um, I, I think I think quite a few people have been for a long time. So I don't know what what did you guys think of this, Maz? Did you did you enjoy this at all? Um, it was fine. Uh, I'll be honest, I'm really um, not enjoying Seth Rollins at all. I think. My problem with him is that if if you watch the uh, sort of pre-match promo he did uh, about Bray Wyatt, it was just so like by the numbers, like yeah, he says all this, but I'm gonna overcome it, and there's just nothing to him. Like I don't really understand his babyface sort of uh, momentum. Um, you know, he's just really by the books at the moment. And I was watching this game, yeah, but he's a good wrestler though, and I started watching it and like. Isn't most of his move set is just taken from other more popular baby faces. <laughs> yeah. He has the sling blade, which is um, Finn Balor. Then he does the the phenomenal forearm, but he doesn't do a forearm. He does like the elbow, and then he's doing Kenny Omega's uh, knee. Yeah, I mean it's just. I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm not trying to have a massive. I just think. Uh, I'll be, I'll be honest. It was just a bit annoying seeing Bray win the way that he did um I did how I did really like his uh attire today uh, to, in this uh, match I, I like his new jacket with the spikes on it yeah and his like cool Cthulhu t-shirt but um it, it's just like so this is what Bray's first win in like a decade it seems like <laughs> and he wins in the ways like, how can you build someone up with a finish like that? And he's winning over Seth, and he hasn't got any momentum behind him. So I don't think anyone in this match personally looked very strong. Um, I, it's just a shame because, like, Bray's fallen so far down, and Seth doesn't seem to have any momentum going forward. And I, I just wasn't really invested in this match, to be honest. No, and... I've said this on on this podcast before. Like I'm a massive Bray Wyatt fan, but after the the shambles that was the WrestleMania match, like I've just I don't know what they're doing with him, and I don't know. Like it's gone. I just want him to. He's just got. He's so good. Like he is such a good character. Yeah, and he's like got such a great move set as well. I just don't understand why he's not like the top heel right now. No, you I know, don't. I think a lot of the problems is the stop start, you know, push that he keeps getting. And then, um, you know, if you look back at the victories he's had, he's had some pretty big ones the past like year. But the problem is everything in between, he's just looking like shit, and it's it's just getting stale because he's all he's all the talk, and obviously he's a fantastic uh, character. Um, it's just that it's. it's it's hard to be invested when he can't back it up and he's losing every every week almost, you know. Um, yeah. If you look at his win record, like, uh, yeah, he he was a sole survivor at Survivor Series last year. That's massive. And then he's in any he wins at, um, was it the Rumble? No, um, Elimination, Elimination Chamber. Chamber. Yeah. And then he, you know, 
won the title there and it was massive and then he'd come in and he just loses again but mm. it's hard because it you can give him these big wins but it's, it's just you need to back it up you need to make him make him this monster that he portrays to be but he's just he, it's hard to be invested because every week it's just the same promo and it's all nonsense and it's just uh yeah it's, getting, it's, it's just stale at this point you know um the same well it's like it's like this is the feud of the stale uh, competitors where it's like <laughs> you got you got Seth and he's just uh, he's having the worst face run ever at this point he's, no one's investing in him he's literally the way he reads his lines is like he's literally just reading the lines off the piece of the paper that he's been given for his promo mm. but it's just it's just so shoehorned it's hard to be invested in either, either of these guys the story yeah. is what Bray does with everyone he's like oh my god and the people like you so I'm going to beat you up and then and then that is essentially the build for this match so yeah um, I did I'll tell you what I did like um, I did like the fact he did win like using actual heel tactics um, rather than you know the thumb to the eye yeah um, so I think that's better and I'm glad he did win Up, you know he probably deserved this win over Seth at this point but um, uh is yeah, they they stop. They even started to cotton on that the fact he's got a massive loss ratio as part of the story. So it's a bit it's a bit hard to um, you know, be invested in Bray right now. But um, again, this match did really nothing, really, did it? So, no, yeah. I think someone else. Um, I think I saw it on Twitter said that you put the put your star of WWE two K eighteen in their first match since you announced the game, and he loses, sort of thing. So. Yeah. It's, it's almost like as, as you said, Callum. It's the feud of the stales, isn't it? Like, yeah. there's just not nothing kind of going for it. I think the re- like I'm trying to think of why they're they're facing off, and I think it was literally a case of they had that six way, didn't they, at the last pay per view, and they were the only two people that didn't have a feud. So they're like, all right, let's put these guys together. Yeah, and that was it. But that's pretty much it. The, the feud probably started when Bray interrupted his 2K18 promo announcement thing, but um, they, they haven't tied the game into this feud in any way. It's just the, the literal, the talking point for Seth's character at this point is the fact he's on the cover of a video game and not, not, <laughs> yeah. not wrestling that well. So, well, He did announce today, though, he's coming to the Switch, so I'm pretty excited for that. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think, like, if it, have you seen the uh, the commercial for the the game? Yeah, it's isn't it? It's outstanding. It's so it's good. amazing. Like, yeah. Why don't they use that? Like in some give, sort of way, giving the legend killer gimmick. I like the yeah. Other one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's been long enough. It's been about ten years since then. So. But like. Yeah, it's true. The one thing I did I, I wanted to mention, sort of wrestling wise, you kind of touched on it there, kind of like Seth's just not been that great recently. The one thing that it cut is. Kind of similar to Dean Ambrose's um, slingshot lariat thing is Seth's suicide dives. They just look so weak and pathetic. It's just like, why even bother? But that that was like one of my main gripes with this match was just seeing Seth kind of hobble along and then tamely jump up through the through the ropes. That's like my biggest pet peeve with Seth Rollins is the dives. I'm just so sick of dives at this point like it's just like every match has got to be a dive are you turning it into just... randy orton yeah <laughs> <laughs> but it just, like... 
yeah. Well, I just think... Fuck any, any wrestling, fuck this. Yeah, no, <laughs> I just think, like... I just think, if you're going to keep doing something over and over again, it's like... It's just going to make them less and less impactful every time you do them. Yeah. And I just think, at this point, like... He's he's just he just doesn't weigh too much and I can see him from a mile away when he's doing them and it's like oh okay here we go here's a dive and then you know it's again I'm just not invested unfortunately no no that's, well I'm I'm the exact same but if we go from not being invested in one feud to I think a feud that has come out of I'm nowhere absolutely invested absolutely invested and I think Enzo killer promo to kick things off I think it's been so long since he's cut a promo like that that was just absolutely on point um, yeah. and yeah I, th- I think just because obviously when they kind of teased this every, and, and obviously the outcome of the match was that Cass is going to be the one that kind of comes out on top but I think WWE are clever and just saying to Enzo, here's a mic, have at it. Like, we know your in-ring ability is not as good as your mic skills, but you can talk the talk, so do that. And I think that was like, okay, it was a little bit cheesy with some of the references, but I, I absolutely loved it. So are we are we enjoying Enzo being all fired up again? Absolutely, like this is hands down. I think the feud that I was probably most invested going into this pay per view, um, and they've they've done an amazing job, like from from start to finish with the whole mystery, you know, attacker, and that was all executed perfectly. Um, I think on top of that, yeah, no, the past two rules, and then uh, you know the segments are great with Enzo and Kaz, and Enzo this week on Raw delivering probably the premise he's ever done so impassioned it was fantastic so and then same with his pay-per-view as well um amazing you know and uh, i do agree with the decision of splitting them up because they obviously have kind of done everything they need to except win the title but it made sense for them to kind of write that into the storyline element of things uh, yeah with the breakup so I, I like that um but yeah no it's great to see uh i, I, I feel like yeah vince has it's always seen something in kaz you know he's great um but again, uh, this I think this is the perfect way to kick off that kind of singles run. Um, as short as the match was, I think it just did everything that it needed to at this point. Um, and my concern with the breakup was that Enzo's not going to get the rub as much as Cass, but he is so over still. Like, yeah. If you listening to him come out to ring, the crowd so you know hot for him. Like he's he's I don't think he's going to have any issues beyond this still. And if anything. You know, he can still play the scrappy dude character where he can run his mouth and still get beaten up and probably not suffer from it. Yeah. Um, he can do that. Um, he, he is a franchise, essentially. Um, so I think WWE are going to play it safe with him. Um, I'm, but yeah. He's kind so, of like the um, the reverse Sami Zayn in a way, in the fact that Sami's one of those guys that could, can lose and still seem strong, but obviously we know how good Sami is in the ring. Whereas Enzo, as as you mentioned, Callan, is like kind of that scrappy sort of underdog vibe to him. And everyone, like we've known for a while that obviously his wrestling's not the best. But as you say, like the pop he got just from coming out 
that I think if they keep him where he is at the moment, just cutting promo after promo, running his mouth, then people are going to still love him. And especially if he goes up against like bigger heels later on down the line and just sort of tells it as it is, I think it's just going to do wonders for him. Um, Maz, what, what do you think of, of the position of him at the moment? Uh, with Enzo, I think, um, again, I, I'd only heard about their split quite recently, and I think that was a direct re, uh, direct result of what was going because you could tell, like, people were starting to sort of, you know, get a bit stale with them. I think they were getting a lot more booze and stuff, and I think this was the perfect thing to do, really, because it makes so much sense, like Callum was saying, like, the fact that they haven't, ever won a championship and Cass resents Enzo for it the thing I loved about this whole thing again for someone who hasn't been watching it I watched the promo package and um, <clears throat> Cass obviously saying that he was the one that attacked him there was a shot of Enzo More when he hears this news and there's a single tear <laughs> yeah. that runs down his face I marked out so hard for that that was absolutely brilliant like he is a perfect character in wwe is is enzo and so i was fully invested just from the promo package alone so when uh, enzo came out yeah he had a massive pop and i think uh when i was listening to the promo i was like god this promo is going on for a bit and then i was like oh the match isn't going to be that long obviously and then I was thinking, all right, well, he's come out to his music, so what's Kaz going to come out to? And what a terrible <laughs> song he comes out to. The most generic heel generic, music ever. Boring, but it was perfect because he's a heel. Like, you're not supposed to. That's the problem with Bobby Roode's like, entrance, is it's too good. Yeah. With this, it's like it's a proper heel, generic, metal, whatever theme tune. So. What I will say about this match, like obviously everyone knew it was going to be some sort of squash. Enzo's a really good bumper. I think he's a really great bumper. He yeah. bumps really well. Um, and it's going to be interesting what they do with Enzo now because he's obviously not the best wrestler, obviously. I think this is going to go on till SummerSlam probably where it's going to be some huge like no DQ, something like that. Uh, sort of match but um, yeah I'm really really uh, fascinated to see where they go with both of these after this yeah I think one thing I will give credit to is the guy who was when Cass was walking down the ramp I'm not sure if you guys saw it there's a guy holding up a sign that just said uh, big Cass hole which I thought was absolutely fantastic oh they got that chant over as well yeah yeah which I thought was was really good but no the the match in general was uh, as you said Maz I think nobody was expecting anything different than a bit of a bit of a squash um the when Cass literally just lifted Enzo above his head and threw him out of the ring I thought that was that was a really good spot and as you said like Enzo can take a bump like like a champ and that yeah. that just completely proved that point um but yeah, I'm interested to see where they do go from this. Obviously, there's going to be a few more matches like this down the road. Um, could be a SummerSlam payoff. Um, it could be a case that what I'd like to see is 
almost kind of like an injury angle. We don't see Enzo come back for a while and then get the big payoff that way. But um, yeah, I don't know. Callum, what do you think? Uh, I, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if they just move on from uh, Cass and Enzo actually fighting and they move okay. on to uh, Cass going straight towards like the title picture um, or for something, like even if it's the um, like the IC title or something. Um, only because that's kind of what they kind of led on to with the initial breakup promo is like that Cass had never won um, a championship and it's all because he was being weighed down by Enzo so um, but I wouldn't say they're going to sack off the fact that they're sworn enemies still I think that's going to be an important factor into um, where they go from here um, they, I think we'll see maybe if a rematch somewhere I'm not sure if it'll be paid with you worthy if they do I, I think Cash should probably just win it still and carry on I, I don't think Enzo deserves, would not deserve, that's the wrong word. Like, I don't think Enzo needs to um, get, like, you know, the up on Kaz at this point. Like, if you're trying to build someone like Kaz, who's, like, a massive um, guy, um, he, he doesn't need to be losing to, like, Enzo, you know? Mm. So I don't think there's going to be much payoff there. I feel like if you have Kaz in, like, the IC title picture, um, or whatever secondary title it will be, or whatever, um, I think that might work better but still have Enzo implications there like with the storyline and what you know etc but yeah I don't know I don't think they'll I reckon saying that they probably they probably pull the trigger on a rematch at some point uh, and SummerSlam will probably be that pay-per-view but um, I, I don't think necessarily be that exciting going forward but then I'll be, I'll, I'll be you know I might be surprised because this has been amazing and you know if you told me this a month ago this would be the best thing on the team <laughs> yeah yeah you wouldn't believe it but yeah, yeah. This, is, this is great like um, so maybe, yeah we'll see what happens going forward actually saying that I think what would be really interesting now that I was just thinking about it like I think it should somehow it should culminate at like one of the big four like Summer Slam or something and have like I think there's a way to because like Enzo is obviously like quite over and I think a lot of people are starting to sympathise with him with the fact that he's getting beaten up by Kaz and stuff like I could definitely see some sort of like Street fight, you know, kind of like uh, Triple H and McFoley at the Royal Rumble yeah. in 2000. Like, somehow, like, he's just getting destroyed and destroyed and destroyed, and somehow he, with like all these tools around him, like, gets that like victory, like, somehow where he finally gets like kind of the credit he deserves in some sort of way. Like, so they don't have to like focus on how he's not a good wrestler, but like. They could do like massive spots and stuff. I think that would be a really good payoff for both of them. I think something that I've just thought of, which Callum's brought up, is if if would be quite interesting is if you, if you do put Cass just straight off into a title picture, um, but you have kind of Enzo costing him at every turn. So so Enzo's not like they're not fighting, but Enzo's still involved in that storyline. That that could be quite a good angle. So he's like almost like the annoying little rottweiler that's nipping at Enzo's uh, sorry Cass's heels all the time and costing him every single match like I'd like to see that we, we should just be on the creative team <laughs> I think we have oh. some better ideas let's get, get a phone into Connecticut let's just get it sorted can I, can I just say as well as, as dramatic as the uh, promo package for the match was um, uh, I couldn't help but burst out laughing seeing uh uh, Enzo like shot cinematically backstage wearing 
like looking all emotional, but whilst wearing a Hawaiian shirt and shades. <laughs> yeah. And just like, he's like, how you can't look less hard or sad. <laughs> the funny thing is that is that was probably the most screenshot picture that I saw, like leading up to to the pay per view, because like so many people, like. I saw on like Twitter and Instagram had posted that photo and then were like, Oh, great ball of fire time, which, which I thought was quite funny. Like why that image? But yeah. there we go. Um, now we'll get on to the, uh, 30 man, 30 man, 30 minute Iron Man tag match between, uh, the bar, which, she- uh, Seamus and Cesaro and the Hardy boys. Um, I thought this was going to be match of the night. Arguably, Yes, arguably no. I think the last five minutes definitely were were the best five minutes of the night, in my opinion. Um, But obviously started off with an absolute belter, obviously broke kick straight off the bat, first pinfall going to to the tag champs. Um, But then it was quite methodical, I thought. Like, for for as far as sort of Iron Man matches go, this was quite a clever build, I thought, because usually you get one or two falls and then like a rapid one at the end sort of thing um but i thought this was was really well built i thought it showcases how well Seamus and Cesaro are are now as a team whereas obviously before a lot of people were sort of like why are they a tag team but they're obviously doing the best with what they the cards they were dealt and they're now obviously top of the that division um one thing I, I I want to talk about though is obviously we we've mentioned it all the time is obviously the the whole broken Matt Hardy thing but it's not so much that but there's one spot that he does which I just want to ask you guys if you get it at all um, is the turn like when he slams his opponent's heads on the turnbuckle so he goes from the top one to the middle one to the bottom one I don't get it I just I don't see the point in it so. Yeah, that, that's. I, I just I don't like that spot anyway because it's just, it just breaks kayfabe constantly. Like you just sit, you see Cesaro slapping. Yeah, that's what I mean. The turnbuckle, like it's like the ten spot. Like you're gonna count. Why are you just counting to ten? Why not twelve or nine or you know? It's a, yeah, stuff like that really takes me out of it. Yeah, I just. I, it's, it's, it's one of those. It's like when you watch like a uh, Shane McMahon punch, you just get taken out of it <laughs> yeah. you know, so easily, immediately. Um, yeah, so I, I completely understand where you're coming from. Like, uh, yeah, it, it's um, yeah. I, it, there's quite a lot. This, this this is just pro wrestling, isn't it? Yeah. It's a nutshell. It's just it's very much stuff like that's happening all the time. But like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um. As I said, the match in general, I I pretty much enjoyed it. I thought the end was really clever because I didn't either. I must have just switched off for a second, or I genuinely didn't see the tag from Cesaro to get the the pinfall off the Swanton, which I thought was a really clever spot. Um, but yeah, I I really enjoyed this. So, Callum, what did you think of it? Uh, yeah, I I think for me this could have been. I think this is one of the favourite my, my, well probably my favourite match of the night if you look at the card um, I, I think they did break some formats as well which I really enjoyed about the Iron Man match because obviously typically you know it's always a toss at the last second no matter what but I liked the I did like Seamus just coming in hard and doing the break bro kick immediately 
and getting the first ball within the first 30 seconds, I thought that was fantastic. Um, that that was good. Um, I think timing-wise, this was amazing, especially towards yeah, the last five minutes, like everyone's mentioned. Um, seeing, I, I thought what was quite impressive was Matt doing that um, top rope uh, twist of fate. Yeah, that looked um, nuts. And Seamus just eating, he didn't look like he handled it well in <laughs> yeah. any way. Uh, that, that was great. Um, obviously, at one point, Matt, around that time, had busted his eye wide open. Um, and then those those final few moments when you did see um uh yeah like uh, what, what was it oh before that you saw um, a really cool pin that I've never seen like um did you see that one the Hardys did oh the um, weird split leg thing uh, yeah the split leg thing and uh, what was it yeah it, that looked great anyway and then you saw um the last few seconds where um. Jeff was going, you know, chasing Cesaro around the ring the last few seconds, hitting a swanton, timing it perfectly where the buzzer is going off through the pin. I think they did that beautifully, and it, I think they protected, like, if you're going to protect everyone and not do a soppy count out or something like that, that, that was, it, it was great. You could tell they were still fighting hard for it, and, you know, um, yeah, that was great. I, I thought this match as a whole, front to back, and I'm glad they gave them the time, considering the feud they've had. Thought was fantastic. Really, really enjoyed this one. Yeah. Um, and I'm continuing to be impressed by the Hardys. Like I was worried they would be those veterans who'd be just putting over the youngins, but um, I guess they are to some extent. But you could argue they're still looking really good at the moment. It's not like a Dudley's thing or yeah, whatever. But um, yeah, as a whole, bloody loved it. I thought it was amazing. Um, I'm really interested to where they go from now because obviously, I'm, I, I guess this is probably probably the end of this feud. Um, but I don't know if anyone know anyone else knows this, but when um uh I think was it um Cesaro hitting getting the last pin yeah um Jeff did get his shoulders up for a split second oh really like, he, he literally looked like you know when he jumped slightly to yeah. adjust he did that just before the free count I was like I don't know if they're gonna play into that but um but yeah it, I think that's probably just a little botch <laughs> yeah. um. Yeah, no, again, this match is great. I absolutely loved it. Maz, what about you? Uh, this was my favourite match of the night by far. This was absolutely fantastic. Like Going into this, I was like, okay, Hardys, Sheamus and Cesaro, seen it before. But I was fully, fully invested Like from start to finish. Like I think with Iron Man matches, like you can get a sense of urgency and I think they told a really great story like for me there was no slowing down points whatsoever because like for me like um, Cesaro and Sheamus like just were just so overpowering constantly and they had those they constantly had more victories over the Hardy so it was always that case of like the baby faces had to chase to get that draw and you know for 30 minutes like you you forget how much they do in 30 minutes and like i was so the psychology was great the storytelling was great they timed it to a t like to a second for uh everything that happened um i mean i again i'm not the biggest hardy boys fan nor am i the biggest seamus and cesaro fan like i still to this day don't understand their entrance whatsoever (laughs) like are they wearing they're like the headbangers. Like, why are they wearing skirts? I like, yeah, I don't know. 
Obviously, yeah. now with 
Enzo and Cass splitting it up. What what other tag teams are there? You've got the revival. Well, you got the club, and they just they're fucking. Oh god, yeah! Just... I, I completely forgot about the club. Like yeah. in that in, in the whole build for obviously the breakup for Enzo and Cass, they they were the the pawns, weren't they? They were yeah. Like, every week it's like, well, okay, now you're matched up next to the club, and then the attacks would be happening, so you just never see the fight. But um, I'm I'm so disappointed with what they've done with the club. Yeah. Um, uh, You've I, got I don't know. Slater and Rhino, I guess. Yeah. But yeah. get the biggest win of it. He got a pay per view win uh, tonight. Did you not yeah. see that? That whoa, whoa, whoa! whoa. <laughs> you're, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're, you're jumping ahead there, Callan. Yeah, Christ. All right, sorry. No, it's, no spoilers. Yeah. No spoilers. <laughs> um, but um, actually, saying about the revival, to be honest, I, I mean, they got a huge pop when they um, first came onto Raw, didn't they? Yeah. So I could see them. It's kind of in a tourney, you know, like against Sheamus and Cesaro. I mean, that, I think that could work as well. But um, yeah, it's just a shame that they don't have more teams. Yeah, they've they've, they've uh, readjusted the revival's entrance music, and I'm not very happy. It's more country now. Have they? Oh, have you Have you heard it? No. It's, it's got like a harmonica over the entrance now. Oh God, maybe yeah, that exactly. maybe that is their face turn then, putting a harmonica in it. Yeah, maybe. No, that's more of a heel turn, really. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I think they're maybe playing into the fact that they're wrestling on a southern star, I don't know. But, like, it's just, um, I don't know. We'll see We'll see if they turn up anytime soon. I think they're about ready to be cleared and ready to go, I think. Yeah. Well, we never know. We might find out tonight on Raw. We'll have to have to wait and see. Too much love drives a man insane. You broke my will. Next up we had the, the women's match which I've got to say I was very pleasantly surprised because I think we've spoken on this show before about not her demise but the the lack of use of Sasha Banks in in recent months, um, and this for me was a, a, a return to form for her. Um, it's no secret that I absolutely love Alexa Bliss. Like, I don't care what she's doing. I just love her. I think she's fantastic. Like, her in ring ability gets better every time. Her facials, like the trash talking, just everything. I think she's absolutely brilliant. But her and Sasha showed some really good chemistry in this match. Um, the fake broken arm spot freaked me oh, the God. fuck out. That was brilliant. I literally, I was like, oh my God, oh my God. And then she just slapped Sasha. I was, oh, I was so good. Yeah, I got huge for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, and also, I forgot how good Sasha is at taking bumps. There was like, a couple of ones on on the apron and there was a bit where uh alexa just pulled her hair back and smashed her over her knee and sasha's back looked just completely arched over her knee and so yeah as i said i think this was a return to form for for sasha um we'll we'll get to the ending in, in a minute because i i really like the ending but what did you guys think of this did you think because in terms of the women's division there wasn't too much of a build into this match because obviously Sasso just won the gauntlet match then there was kind of one back and forth between them and then we had this match 
Um, so was it a good payoff for you? Um, Maz, what did you think? this match um yeah i watching the promo package there didn't seem to be much of a build to it but i personally think that this feud has the potential to be like one of the best like women's feuds um in the company's history because like when i was watching it i was getting this real sense of like brett versus sean like from 97 98 kind of era like i don't know how how much you you read online but there was always these rumors like online about alexa bliss and sasha banks like never getting on like even when they're in nxt they oh, just really? always like butted heads um i mean it wasn't a case of like you know they you know were going at it but they just never clicked and you know they were never friends or anything like that and i was just thinking like th- this kids like have the potential to have that same dynamic like Brett and Sean had where they were really great in the ring together but they like kind of hated each other backstage and like with WWE they kind of obviously ramped that up to like build up the feud a lot more and it became like like one of the best things like the company ever did like I'm not saying for them to like put out fake stories or anything like yeah, that yeah. I just think there's there's a potential because like this both of them like we all know Sasha Banks is like an amazing wrestler, and I think Alexa Bliss in the last year alone has been like the MVP of like the company from doing as well as she's done. And I I don't know. I just feel like these are two like really sort of like uh, I guess maybe not ego driven, but like you know they've they've got such huge personalities that like clash. I feel that they could have like a feud that goes on and they could have a really intense rivalry. Mm. Callum, what about you? Yeah, surprisingly, I uh, really like this one. Um, again, going in, there was very little build, very little kind of interest I found within this storyline, um, apart from the, the fact obviously Sash won with, through a gauntlet. But um, yeah, yeah, um, amazing i think there's so many strong spots in this like i was so impressed with both these women um and i was the physicality for the kind of time they were given was very very physical mm. uh, like trading blows it looked really they looked like they genuinely hurt the obviously the broken arm spot when we saw um you know we watched saw sasha face plant um uh Alexa into the mat, and then that's obviously when she did the whole dislocation thing that she does. Um, she's like, I, I know she, they play on the fact, they haven't done it often, but she they should play more on the fact that she's a bit double jointed in that arm. I know she did that spot um, on SmackDown once, but um, uh, it, here they executed it absolutely perfectly. Yeah. It's great. Uh, again, Sasha um, bumps, it's been bumping a lot better. Well, this is the problem I have with Sasha is uh, when she was in a feud of Naya. All her bumps looked like she was literally about to die any second. <laughs> yeah. um, here, she was still full on throwing herself around, but um, it, it looked fantastic. Like again, that apron spot looked great. We saw Alexa then like do her, you know, signature stomps, but to the mat, holding onto the rope still, the bottom rope outside the ring. Um, so that was great. Um, and then, yeah, super a super physical match considering. Um, uh, what you know the kind of time they were given but um I, yeah i really like this one um you know i think the only kind of controversy is the ending um 
I feel I feel like obviously there's a bigger story to be told here, so that's kind of why it happened the way it did anyway. Mm. You know? But yeah, I think it's great. Well, it's just oh. it's, sorry, go on. No, 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 you you, you go. Well, I was just going to say, like, I think the, the trend that I feel like we keep seeing in a lot of these pay-per-views is they don't really know how else to, to continue feuds without doing some sort of these, like, fuck finishes. And, like, it just kind of, for me, sometimes it just gets a bit repetitive because it's like, right, well, they've only just started their feud, so they're going to have to do some sort of kind of fuck finish at the end. And like that's fine. I understand why they do it, but <clears throat> you know the the ending for this match didn't bother me too much. But it was just like, well, she's gonna have to kind of get her win somehow. So I don't know. I just think it's just a bit repetitive sometimes. I get why they do it, but you know, uh, but you know both both of them look really strong anyway. Um, you know, everyone hates Alexa for being like the dastardly heels that she is. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, I don't know. I'm just, I just kind of, I have a little counter next to me going, all right, how many false finishes are we going to get <laughs> yeah. on this pay-per-view? Well, this is what I was going to say. It's like, I, I'm with you, man. It's like, I, it's that constant sort of fuck finish that does grind on, on you as a fan. But this one, I don't know. I really liked it. I don't know why. I just thought the positioning of it was really clever. The fact that, it was after Sasha had gone for the bank statement and we'd obviously seen Alexa tap to it on Raw and the fact that she just took the count out and was just happy to walk away and then obviously what happened afterwards with, with Sasha kind of attacking her. Like, I, I genuinely don't really like count out finishes. I think for a fan, it's a bit of, like, to watch it, it's a bit of a cop-out, but it worked really well for me and obviously what we saw afterwards I think added to that because it was just the frustration getting the better of Sasha um, and it ended up to a really awesome double knee spot off the announce table which was was pretty cool. Um, obviously we're going to see a lot more from these two in the future and as much as it pains me to say it I think we're going to see Sasha with the belt again in the near future. Well I don't mind that too much because i i'm so invested with her as a character but i actually completely forgot that they did that spot after the match i mean that was that that was probably why i didn't mind the finish of yeah the match too much because they were they obviously gave the crowd what they wanted and it obviously continued their feud yeah yeah i, I completely again forgot about the ending um but yeah like I did enjoy that. I thought that was good, and I think going forward, uh, this feud is only gonna get better and better, considering what they can do in the ring um, and such the short time they were given with this one. So yeah, I think um, I'm excited to see what they do at SummerSlam. You're probably right. Um, they will probably pull off Alexa soon, I think. So um, uh, yeah, I, I, the thing is, I do want her to hold it forever. Yeah, I do. Champion. I really, really like Alexa, and uh, yeah, again, I've, we've talked about this before, but I think she's the most improved wrestler they've had in uh, within one year, you know, since the brand split, out of nowhere, she's just become this amazing top star, so um, I think her and Sasha are going to absolutely have some barn burners soon, so I'm really excited for that. Yeah. Who, who would have thought, like, both, as all of them in NXT, that Alexa Bliss would be the most, like, 
uh, sort of popular heel like personality in the women's division, and Bailey would be right down at the bottom. Yeah, like no one. Yeah. Like she, I, I didn't even notice in that promo package, but she just lost to Nia Jax like, like super straight, quickly, straight away. She oh. was, uh, and the week before, when she was part of that tag match, and she was not knocked down at the beginning, she wasn't even in it. And she's just eliminated. And she's, it's like someone's literally. I know, I think they're trying to do a Daniel Bryan to the sense where they're like, oh, we've got to make an underdog here, but it's just making her look like shit, like so bad. Yeah. Um, I think they realised what they did after that uh, that segment on Raw that went really badly, and they're like, oh no, we've really messed this one up. Yeah. We have to restart, basically. I think it's so, interesting as well that. If you think about all the the women that came out from NXT, that Alexa is also the first one to hold both belts. Whereas obviously the the obvious choice would have been Charlotte, but they they obviously trust Alexa to to hold that mantra. I think that's why I kind of was thinking about Brett and Sean before. Like I feel like because Sasha's a part of the Horsewomen, right? And that kind of reminds you of the Click, and then. Uh, Alexa Bliss is kind of on her own. She doesn't really have a group, so maybe obviously they they switch around with babyface and heel. But maybe that's why it remind me because they said on commentary like, oh, she was never a part of the four horsewomen. You know, she was an outsider kind of thing. So maybe they draw more into that continuing on. Yeah, few, maybe. But, but um, we then move on to the intercontinental title match uh, with. Squad goals, uh, Miz Taraj, which <laughs> oh god, Bo Dallas, what a dude! God, God, say I, it. I can I just say his gimmick is amazing. It is incredible. He, he looks like Axel Rose's half brother. He he looks he looks <laughs> like Dog the Bounty Hunter. Very, <laughs> that's who he looks like. I like I like the one glove as well. Yeah, that's a nice touch. Just the one. But but the, the the fact that Axel and Miz come out in suits and then he's just like yeah I'm a badass just ah oh, brilliant <laughs> just absolutely brilliant. But um, Taraj is the worst name. It is it's sh- shocking. Um, but this you could tell how they they literally went okay you got five minutes go in there do as much as you can. Um, I, I really didn't like this match at all. I I just hope to God this is the end yeah, of... Because I'm bored of Dean Ambrose. Dean Ambrose needs to go off TV for a while and come back with a different... Just refreshed. Right. Here's a question for both of you. Who's more stale? Is it Seth or Dean? Dean, hands down. Dean, I would say. Yeah. Okay. I can see that he's yeah his feud at the moment is just colder than cold right now. I just he, he's he's now part of a feud that's spanned over both brands. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, he's fought for the same title on both brands now, and as interesting as um, Miz is kind of evolved with the Miz Tourage and stuff, I've, I've I've enjoyed it and I think it's for the best. But um, I can't wait to, for them to move on and. See, you know, I can't wait to see who's kind of stepping up for the IC title next. Like, it's just been so long. But that's the yeah. thing, like, Miz has, has benefited from it, whereas Ambrose is just. What, what is he? Like. <laughs> what, is he? <laughs> what are you, Dean? 
But that's what I mean. Like, I just don't get what his. I get he's meant to be like this crazy, wacky kind of guy, but it just doesn't. It just does nothing for me whatsoever. And I had the utmost joy when he went for that stupid rebound in Lariat and Curtis Axel pulled him off so he couldn't do it. I, I popped because I was like, yes, he hasn't fucking done it because I hate that move. But... I, I do feel like they should be reserving that move more than he does it. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Every, every, if he did it like, one, you know, a part of the biggest matches, it would be amazing. People would go mad for it. But he does it every day. It's just... Uh... It's, it's, yeah. it, it's a shame when they take moves from better wrestlers who did it better than they did. <laughs> yeah. Because, like... Uh, Especially one that like, now works in the company. Well, yeah, so for people who don't know, like, he, he took that uh, move from Nigel McGuinness when he was in Ring of Honor, and he just would destroy people with that lariat. And, like, when I saw Dean do it, you know, I was like, oh, that's a cool, like, not to... Uh, Nigel McGuinness but then he just kept doing it it's like Seth with the dive it's like it just loses its impact and this this match was just so rushed and there was too many gimmicks going on and I, I love the Miz he is amazing I think he's really good but like Bray and Seth I think him in this feud with Dean is actually like making him less of a feature yeah and I think that the match itself, there wasn't really anything too memorable of it. Um, Maurice kind of putting Miz's leg on the on the rope was was a kind of decent spot, but then like the actual finish, as as you mentioned, Maz, there was too too much going on because I think all three members who were outside of the ring kind of got involved to distract Dean and the ref, leading to the skull crushing finale, and then. A very quick pin um but yeah I, I just i just hope to god this is the end of that feud now and then we move on um but I I, sorry to interrupt i just think I've, somehow i feel like wwe think that he's stone cold steve austin in a way yeah he, i get what you mean he's like he's like this vigilante like baby face he doesn't go by the rules and stuff but even Stone Cold on his podcast buried him. He said, like, yeah. what are you doing? You're, you're just not doing anything right now. And I think even that was the day that it was, like, everyone started thinking, actually, yeah, he hasn't really done that much, really. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, he's, he's now got this uh, this kind of reputation of being complacent um, within mm. the company. Um, so, you know, I think... I. It's it. When he had the ice, he's still popular, like with the casuals. And I, I like, I've liked Dean in the past. You know, um, at, the, at this current time, he's not doing anything that exciting. But um, I, you know, there's value in him. That's why he's he's in these feuds. Do you know what I mean? He's um, mm. people like him, um, believe it or not. But like, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just uh, I don't know where he's gonna go from here. It's, it seems like they're gonna set him up with Elias or something like that. Um, but then Finn Balor's kind of in that mix as well at the moment, isn't he? So, I don't know. Yeah. A free, bit of a free-for-all, but I just can't wait to see Miz fight someone else. Yeah. Well, yeah, I could see, as much as I would not think that this is a good idea sometimes, but I, I could see them doing Finn Balor, Miz, 
as the next thing because he wasn't even on this pay-per-view no and he's kind of dropped by the wayside a little bit unfortunately but i i could see that as the next intercontinental feud cause, yeah because that would elevate both of them yeah I'd, I'd quite like to see that to be honest i think if finn's not going to be in the in the main title picture which i think for the foreseeable future we'll get onto for that in a bit but why why he won't be but it makes sense to put him in that that role because i mean if we look over at smackdown you've got arguably two of their top guys going f- for that secondary belt and they've elevated that belt to to almost the main belt on smackdown now so yeah. so if you had like finn and miz going for the ic belt then they could equivalently do the same for Raw. But I guess we'll just have to kind of wait and see. As we've put our two cents in, Callan, who who do you reckon would go for that IC belt next? I want to, I think Finn's probably the predictable babyface to go against the Miz, but he's kind of in a feud with Elias at the moment for some reason. I don't know. But um, I, I, I can't think of anyone else who's baby face to fight Miz yeah because um, obviously you can't put another heel against Miz because he's like the biggest one but um uh who knows um just trying to think the card now um yeah I, I think Finn's the most predictable but I'm unsure if they will pull that trigger um uh, maybe uh I don't know <laughs> <laughs> I would think but yeah I, I, I think probably Finn makes sense I mean a few weeks back we saw Seth Finn and Miz in a triple threat and I thought it was probably one of the best uh, main events of Raw this year so far yeah. amazing match um, but yeah uh, I think I think going forward we'll probably see Finn involved in the IC kind of uh, picture but then who knows what, who, where Ambrose going to end up so God knows yeah <laughs> Um, and and now we're going to take a a trip back in time to the Attitude Era with oh my god can I just say this was like you say the Attitude Era that ending was straight up just 1999 2000s yeah amazing but I thought this the, the ambulance match between Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns um, absolute money, Braun Strowman. I think that guy. Like I can't. I, again, escapes me who said it, but it's almost like he's come back from injury and he's quicker and he's stronger and he's just better, which is nuts to think. Like considering how far he'd come along already, and now time off has seems to have made him even better. Um, again. The, I've noticed this it kind of went away for a little bit but then the booze for Roman Reigns being muted was very obvious at the start I don't know if you guys kind of picked up on that yeah they definitely muted you could tell as soon as his music starts the booze just start getting quieter and quieter yeah yeah you can tell there's a bit of uh, bit of production going on there <laughs> but I, I don't understand how I, I don't think they're I think right so now Roman Reigns is definitely a hill now. Yeah. Uh, we what get, anyone says. Okay, we're getting like, into this debate already. Yeah. But yeah. Like, okay. 
<laughs> I think I said this last time. There's no way after he beat the Undertaker, he cut that promo that everyone thinks he's the clean baby face and he's looked after now. He's he's a main vetted guy, but um, he obviously the ending alone. That argument is he, is he the baby face here? Like, well, no, he, he tried. He tried to kill. He tried someone. to kill someone. Well, okay. well should, should we go through the match first and then we'll yeah. talk? About yeah, come, come on then. So. If we go, so yeah, the the match itself, I think the stuff in the ring was a, a little bit slow. I thought um, well, I they still kept forgetting to not pin each other. Yeah, yeah which, which was Braun's weird reverse choke slam thing still looks really weak to me. I don't get why he just doesn't stick to the the running power slam as his as his main move. Um, yeah. But obviously, once we got up to to the ambulance, that's when it just it got really brutal and and f- and fun, in my opinion. Um, well, actually, saying that, sorry to interrupt, but the uh, the spot that I really liked in this match was when Roman was giving the chair shots and like oh, yeah. no selling oh, any of them, and he was like, "You son of a bitch!" And he, like, <laughs> yeah. he started chasing him. Was, I'm not oh, finished with you yet. Yeah. <laughs> I love him. My my one criticism is I think they should have just done the one chair shot and no sold it, and then he just you know I think that would be more intimidating. I think them doing like five or whatever it was kind of kind of make I don't know because the fact he did sell a few before then he should have just taken the one and not done it and then it it, it would have been amazing I think. But yeah, I love that spot anyway. Yeah, because you look at it overall, like how they've booked both of them separately, is just so baffling. It just, it just, it blows my mind. Like I don't know what they're doing right now. But yeah, you're right. Once they get onto the actual um, the ramp area, that's when it um, was get. It got really good. I thought. Yeah, and I think the the obvious spot was when Braun obviously goes through the the LED screen and. <laughs> for some reason, oh for, for me, it was really satisfying seeing that screen glitch out. I don't know why. I just really enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, I've, I've I've rambled on about it too much. So, so what did you guys think, Callan? We start with you. Well, think. Oh. Uh, oh yeah. I mean, yeah. Like uh, <laughs> I, again, I I bloody love this match. Like loads. Um, um, it's weird to think that you know, as much as everyone shits on Roman. Um, uh, I think he's possibly the most consistent performer they've got. Yeah. Easily, I you know I think he is great at what he's doing. Um, uh, but yeah, again, front to back, this match is really good. Um, it's just I, I, I think this is a running theme with the story writing. But um, I'm so glad Braun's back so soon. I I, I like that. Uh, I think they did were you know they were playing on the the kayfabe injury a little bit with um. Uh, you know, they'd said, oh, we'd be out for six months, and I think everyone knew at that point, oh, no, he won't. He'll yeah, yeah. You know, a week or whatever. But um, I think that's that was good. That was a smart idea. Um, I just love everything they've been doing with Braun, where he's just, a, you know, just absolutely, you know, Monster Hill, you know, destroying everyone, and I think it, they've built him perfectly. I'm, I'm, the reason why I'm so glad he's back is because every time you see this stuff happen, um, every week it makes me want to go, what's happening next week with Braun? Yeah. Like, what, how are they going to top it? And then they did this tonight, and I was just like, 
what? Now I just want to see more and more from Braun. They could have this feud run out for the rest of the year, and I'd probably still like it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm so I love it, but um, yeah. Again, the match was great. Um, going, you know, I think again this the whole point of this setup was the story being told post match here. Um, but again, it was an absolute brawl. You know, I love Braun going for the screen again. I, I think that looked awesome. Um, I, I was wondering why how he didn't hurt himself because obviously the piece literally just fell on it. Yeah. So, uh, they, they they did that really well. But um, yeah, honestly, it's fantastic. Um, you know, the post match spots are is unreal. Like I, I I I didn't even predict this in any way. And um, the, my one gripe is, can they stop spoiling like this stuff with like the camera angles they've set up? Because it's obviously doesn't feel like it's spontaneous if there's like a perfectly placed camera where the this ambulance is reversed yeah in, yeah to reverse into do you know what I mean um yeah oh my god that's that moment was amazing it, like you just mentioned it's, it's something ripped straight out of 99 Attitude Era yeah. um and it you know if you were watching a few months back when obviously he flipped the ambulance and he did this and that and you're like how is he gonna top it and it did this you know they have topped it and it's I just, it's amazing but yeah um, I just loved Kurt's reaction as well I actually loved <laughs> yeah. that because he was like what the fuck have you just done and yeah the, that face he sold that like a million bucks yeah uh, Kurt really did well in that but I just why wasn't this the main event like I know why because there was a lot of hype going into Brock and Samoa Joe I think everyone knew that but if this was your if this was if this was the main event and you ended it like that like that would have been a, like so many i think so many more people would be like oh my god i gotta watch raw next week or raw tomorrow kind of thing um my okay so my i'm very confused about their booking here so when so the ending of the match roman goes for a spear and he goes straight into the ambulance and Braun locks the door and there's a big chair. Which, before, so, sorry, Maz, before you go on, I, yeah, go on. I don't get how that hasn't been made into a gif yet. I haven't seen seen that dive okay. into the ambulance. Like, got wait till tomorrow, I think, Tim. <laughs> yeah, but it's just, it's just so gifable because he's like full on straight diving yeah. into it. But yeah, it was yeah. like a cartoon. Yeah, it was. But yeah, sorry, carry on. Well, I just so. He goes straight into the ambulance. He closes the door. Roman loses clean. The babyface loses clean to the heel. He comes out and then he kind of destroys Braun. I can't remember, but he gets Braun back into the ambulance and he drives off. And then he decides to try and murder him. <laughs> the babyface tries to kill another human being by reversing into a, a, a truck. And it's so. Is he a is he a face or a, he's like, not a, a face? So this is my prediction. I'm just going to go straight into my prediction now. It's the start of a double turn here. Now a lot of people were saying it's going to be Brock and Roman for WrestleMania. I think for WrestleMania it's going to be heel Roman and face Cena, and then you'll have face Braun and heal Lesnar for WrestleMania. That'd be pretty cool. I could get on board with that. Yeah. 
I'm into that. Because I think that would be, honestly, like, if you're thinking of WrestleMania, what is the biggest match you could do? It's it's probably going to be that. And if you build Roman up as this... I mean, he, he literally tried to kill someone. Yeah. So, I mean, you can't get more heel than that. Um, and I think if they build it that way, um, it, it would be amazing. But just going back uh, briefly, like, I... I I love this angle. It was just, it's one of those things like that gets me invested in those stories. And like Braun did look like a proper face, like coming out. Uh, I mean, his selling was pretty ridiculous, but like, you know, coming out of the the, the, the ambulance with the, the, you know, Jamie Noble's trying to open the door with a crowbar, and I mean. How can you not be invested? If you're not invested in Braun by now, how can you not be at this point, you know? There was a point where um, the the camera angle got the shot of, like, obviously Braun's face, like, leaning on, on one of the vans or whatever it was. And then he just obviously, like, nipped off behind another van and it looked like he kind of was, like, running back to the wild to his people, which I thought was quite <laughs> funny. That, that shot of him with the bloody face, well, I think that that should be like on a hardcore shirt like in black and white oh yeah um but yeah um i don't know where they i think short term if if uh, if you look at where they're gonna go from here i think it's like i think they might even try and shoehorn um uh brawn into the main event now of SummerSlam because he's now beaten the number one contender if you look at it like that um but then i don't know um, yeah yeah summer slam's gonna be weird isn't it because Super strange. I don't know. I don't know how they're gonna play it. Um, I know obviously they 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 kind of brought forward the WrestleMania plan with doing um, Roman and Roman and Brock early, but um, yeah. But Braun has a win on him now. But I, so I don't know. Well, I'm really, it, I'm really intrigued where to go. So are they definitely doing uh, Brock and Roman for SummerSlam? Because if that's the case, then I could see Roman winning the title at SummerSlam and then him going into WrestleMania as a champion. If my if if what I'm predicting is true, to go against Cena, then he he wins his 200th like Universal title, whatever it may be. Oh, he could break the record, didn't he? So yeah. I could, I could see that happening. Um, they've got to pull the trigger on that soon with the free agent, because obviously. If it if it doesn't happen this side of WrestleMania, I'll be quite quite I'll be questioning why they did the free agent thing. So yeah, that makes sense, really. Yeah, because I I was I was under the impression that I thought he was going to beat Jinder on SmackDown, but I guess there would be more money invested in him in a feud with Roman because I guess I don't know if they've ever wrestled before. No, I don't think they have. Well, they, yeah. Well, there you go then. Um, the way that they've booked Roman since he broke up with his shield has been the biggest clusterfuck I think I've ever seen in a wrestler. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, you have no idea what's going on with him. Like they want him as a face, and then they're like, "Well, no one likes him, so let's kind of book him as a heel and then a tweener." And yeah, it's weird. Yeah, but it's strange. I know it's stranger though. Uh, what happened during the, uh, the the whole ambulance being well, they, over. You, you want about the best match of the night Colin? Let's, yeah. let's get into the main event this is what I like to call Tim Birkbeck versus Tim Birkbeck <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh god that's brilliant I wrote that in my notes as well. 
I just, uh, just the bemusement on both of their faces as they came down was just like, oh, have we have we got to do this? I I was I had no idea what was going on. I was like, why is there a match going on? Yeah, and um, the thing that Go on. They didn't even, they didn't even put it over. Like they could have at least announced the result. Well, know? they well they did, but yeah, but I mean, like at least Michael Cole acknowledged it. Yeah, know? it's. Just, I think that was the brilliant bit. You just had, ding ding ding, and then Jojo go, and you're winner. Heath Slater. Yeah, <laughs> that okay, was getting a couple. That, that was yeah. it. I, I was expecting like a pan shot to like, like Slater hop like holding his hand up or something. But, um, Michael Cole even buried it by not even announcing it. Like they, they, they didn't even go like when the fucking you know they finally got brought out. They could when they were speaking on the commentary desk. They could have not just gone. They could have tried and been a bit more kayfabe. Like oh, in case you missed the result there, um, he slayers won. <laughs> you know what I mean? they, they, they didn't even acknowledge it. It's just fucking so strange. It was so redundant this match being on it, and it kind and I I'm. Uh, I haven't told anyone this, but I'm a massive uh, Kurt Hawkins fan. He's like one of my favourites, actually. Oh, okay. And it was just, yeah, he, I love it. But I just, it was just, a, it, it didn't make sense to even put it on. Why not just carry on with the segment that you're already yeah. showing yeah. live rather than, because like the crowd are watching, like if you go to those live shows, they're watching that on the Titantron. So to have a match while that's going on is just, well, because you can you can see a, there's a point where like you're watching the match, and you hear the the ambulance. The from, ambulance, yeah. Yeah, and everyone just stands up and looks at the screen, and no one's paying attention to what's going on in the ring. Yeah, and I bet they're like, oh, for fuck's sake, we've got to compete with this now. Yeah, it's just I I guarantee like I'd love to see if anyone's got any footage of what actually happened in the ring because I can imagine. Hawkins just been like, let, almost like finger poker doom, like laying down for like, just just pin me, mate. <laughs> yeah, I guess the only people who know that finish are the people in that in that crowd. Yeah, it's bizarre. But then so that five stars, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> what we missed was a uh, Heath Slayer F five and Kurt Hawkins. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he then he's like blading and there's blood yeah. everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Um, yeah, I think we should get. I think we should get Tim, um, uh, Kurt Hawkins uh, attire now. Yeah, <laughs> the bright orange, bright orange just, jumpsuit. Uh, oh my god! Or that I have kids T-shirt. If 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 <laughs> yeah. if you're giving me the outfit, I need the the staff as well though. Yeah, the full staff will yeah. do it. Love it. Right, if we get on to the actual main event then of uh, Samoa Joe against Brock Lesnar, again incredibly well built match I think in the lead up to this I think it was of well I, I don't know in my opinion it was obvious that Joe was never going to drop the belt I'm sorry Joe Brock was ever going to drop the belt but they built Joe so strong that it didn't matter and the the, the match itself kind of proved that um, as as much as we, we go on about Brock like again this was a a match of about five moves, I think. I think we saw Joe hit a couple of punches and shoulder barges and then just constantly going for the clicky to clutch because of Brock's limitations. Obviously, Brock just hit suplexes and an F5. But I think the story in the match was, was a lot better than 
than the actual match itself. Um, obviously, Joe atta- attacking Brock from the outset was was a really nice touch, um, just to kind of almost bring Brock to that human level. Um, so yeah, for, from from my perspective, I'm really happy with this. I thought the app, like the finish was was good. I think both guys came out of it looking strong, um, and I'd I'd happily see these two go at it again. But um, Maz, what did you think? Um, I so I wa- I didn't watch this match live. I actually watched this match today, so I had the uh, the advantage of seeing the actual timer. And I was watching this, and I was like, oh, five minutes. Okay, so this is going to be a pretty quick match. Um, uh, the hype was overwhelming. Like, when Joe came out, it was just, like, you know, it was, like, huge. But yeah, I there were parts that I liked. Um, this, I feel like sometimes Brock is not invested with some matches and I don't know how in like how much he was planning this match but you know he goes to like the same two things constantly and my only problem with this I felt like the finish uh he it was like coquina clutch you know trying to take him down I was watching the cuts left I was like oh Joe's gonna win it and I was like he picks him up one f5 and he's done and normally that's fine but like i know that there's other people that he's fought and they've taken like three or four different f5s to take yeah. him down and the way that they built joe up it almost seemed like it was an equivalent to how they built him before the match so in a way i feel like joe kind of lost a bit with this because i knew i knew joe wasn't going to win it obviously because they've got bigger plans but I think there's just there's more in this match than just a one-off yeah and that was my only problem with it Callum what about you yeah um I really I really really like this match uh, again building into this this match was was outstanding on Raw weekly segments amazing and it's so good to see Joe at the top of his game you know, uh, whilst being involved in the biggest money match of his career, um, and I'm, I'm so glad he brought that to the table. And you can tell he's hungry, and I think hopefully there's a bit of a rub there where you sh- we're going to see some amazing stuff from Joe down the line now. Because um, obviously, when he came up from NXT just before Mania, he wasn't, you know, he's in a bit of a funny feud with Seth, and then he wasn't even part of the main show of Mania, and then mm. so everyone's going to be concerned he wasn't going to be handled in any way. But out of nowhere, obviously, he became this number one contender um, at Extreme Rules. And arguably, he's, he's had the biggest push of any NXT superstar ever. Do you mm. know what I mean? So um, it's amazing to see him against Brock for the title. Uh, obviously, a fancy match that no one really expected to see. And we, we did get to see it. Um, sadly, I I was a bit... Dis- what I really wanted to see from this match was I really wanted to see... Um, Lesnar finally have like a good length, you know, proper brawl. Because um, I think I said this last time I was on the on the podcast, um, where I, re- I think the last great Brock wrestling match was against Undertaker Hell in a Cell. Yeah, um, and they were they went on for like half hour. It was absolutely amazing, and I, w- I kind of want to see that from Brock because in the past year and a half, almost two years now, 
just have been really brief kind of bits and bobs and can you know I, I'm, I'm, I don't mind part-timers in any way um, and it's almost it's almost like getting to the point where it's it's, it's, it's almost a parody of a part-timer now where Brock won't wrestle more than 10 minutes you know, <laughs> yeah. so, um, I feel like he only gives yeah. that to veterans so like if you think about that, like with Undertaker, he had that amazing match. With Cena, he had really good matches. Uh, but then people like Dean Ambrose or like like Samoa Joe, they weren't that good. Goldberg, that was good at WrestleMania. Cause I I don't know. Maybe it's just a case of maybe he doesn't trust them or he's not invested in them enough. I don't know what it may be. So I feel it's a bit. So this is okay. So if we compare this with like Dean when he finally got his Brock match at Mania the other year. Um, uh, you know, what's a, what's a weird comparison? I think I saw this on Twitter that Dean actually got a longer match than Joe did. Um, so that's quite disappointing considering. Um, but yeah, like with, um, with, with Dean as well, you can tell, obviously he came out and spoke about it and said, obviously Brock didn't really care about any of the ideas he had. And the match was a bit flat, but I feel like going into this, it feels like that Lesnar is a is a big fan of what Joe's been doing. Yeah, and he's been put he's been putting him over so well on Raw. Like yeah, you know the segment where he's getting choked out, he's turning red, selling it so well. You know, I feel like both Heyman and him can has see something in Joe. So I I, I think fair play to them doing that it's not like a Dean Ambrose sitch where he just got squashed or whatever yeah he made him look strong early on with obviously the announce table spot which looked amazing um, and you know the crowd were really on fire for that again I just my, my criticism is considering this is such a dream match and I don't think Joe's going to be obviously involved in the title picture beyond this and maybe not for a long time we'll see the next encounter with Joe and Brock um you know, I feel like they could have put on a, an absolute clinic with this match, you know, between the two of them. But yeah, it's just the finish that kind of, um, bother, not the finish bothering me, it's just it was a bit too soon. I, just, I feel like, I know I know the F5 is a well-protected move, but I would have liked to see in five and then we see 10 minutes more. Mm. And I feel like that might have been, that might have cemented it to be oh, a really yeah. memorable match. But um, yeah. I think at least one kick out of the F5. Like, yeah. that would legitimise Joe, for sure. I mean, yeah, do two, that's absolutely fine, I get that. But I think just what I think the problem I had was it was just one F5, and that was it. Yeah, yeah I, c- I can understand that. And I think it's interesting what you said, Callan, is that obviously Brock and Heyman probably do see something in Joe. Like, that the table spot at the beginning, I don't think Brock Lesnar would kind of let, just let someone do that to him unless he wanted to put them over. So I think that's kind of an interesting aspect. Um, I, I, I was going to bring this up earlier when we were talking, while you guys were talking about SummerSlam, but I wanted to wait until now because I my theory is that this feud will carry on. Um, and obviously... Reigns has already stated that he wants Brock at SummerSlam as well and obviously the whole thing with Braun is nowhere near finished so I I think we're going to see a fatal four way at SummerSlam um, oh that'd be, that'd be amazing and it, that could be I think 
this is this is me super fantasy booking, but basically the match will carry on, will go as normal. Reigns and Strowman will pull off because they can't, like, they just want to rip each other apart, and then it will leave a vulnerable Lesnar, and that's when Joe will get the belt. That's how I think it's gonna go, but. I'd, we'll, we'll just have to we'll have to wait and see, but I, I can see that. But I, I can I that I think that probably will happen. But I, I can't see Joe winning it. I think the the money is in Roman and Cena, and may, maybe they put it on Joe for a little bit. But I think at the end of the day, that's going to be your main event at WrestleMania. Next yeah. Year. No, that's no. I, I I agree with you on that, but that's that's my SummerSlam prediction anyway. How far are we from SummerSlam? Um, um, it's like end of August or mid August, isn't it? It's like um, that's the next one. Well, no, we oh, got okay. we've got Battleground. Oh yes, and then yeah. and then SummerSlam. So yeah. Ah, oh, that's right. Yeah, no. Um, Battleground's in a couple of weeks, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's in two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah, of course. Yeah, obviously. It's be <laughs> I, can't, I can't wait. <laughs> In five years, it'll be weekly pay-per-views. I can't wait. Oh, yeah. God. Then it'll be daily. Yeah, <laughs> ten years. Daily pay-per-views. Jesus, you wouldn't have enough hours in the day to watch all the wrestling. I know. I don't have it now. <laughs> you know me neither. Jesus, yeah. But, oh, yeah, that... Oh, well, that was great balls of fire as always uh like to end on on a highlight that was not necessarily a spot but something that else that happened in the show um i'm gonna go for a bit of a, a curveball one this time because it actually happened in the in the pre-show i think um, or it might have been at the beginning of the show um but it was when charlie caruso was uh interviewing seamus and cesaro and they did their little bar hand gesture um, and Seamus nearly punched Charlie in the face. He missed her by an inch. So that was oh that was my my little chuckle botchamania highlight of of the pay per view. Um, so Callan, what about yourself? Uh, pass it to Maz. I can't think right now. <laughs> <laughs> Go on then, Maz. Have you got one? Um, I think it's it's got to be the. The Roman Braun ending that is just uh, it, it was my absolute highlight as far as like funny things that happened um, I don't know really I, I did actually well, I, I'll give my highlight to Alexa Bliss doing the uh, broken elbow yeah that, yeah that was a close second for me can, can um, we coming back <laughs> yeah um, probably probably Kurt um, Kurt Angle's reaction to uh Rowan crashing the ambulance. Yeah, uh, I think that was definitely my favourite bit, just because he was in disbelief. Imagine just witnessing that, and you just have to walk over that guy with your arms out, like, "What, what have you done?" <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> what, you've Come literally on, killed mate. someone, mate. Yeah, I've got to call the police. Now, <laughs> I don't know how I'd react in that situation. I'd, I'd probably do the same. To be yeah. Honest, but, uh, well, if you get yeah. how much of that? have you seen where people just run people over and there's been no responsibility on anyone <laughs> yeah you can get away with it in WWE don't worry like yeah. I, I think I think you know there, there must be a loophole where someone's got to put it in the rules at some point 
where you can't, you can't run people over, but it just keeps happening. So, yeah. yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Well, I will say my second favourite is uh, the Birkbeck versus Birkbeck match. <laughs> main event. Oh, God. I need to get that, like, made, like, that. just them two in the ring, like, made into, like, yeah. a frame or something. <laughs> We'll get it. We'll get it sorted for you too. Cheers, Maz. Right, I think that's that's the perfect note to end it on. Um, I'm sure we'll be back again for for Battleground in in two weeks' time. Yeah, the Derby Prison match. Oh, I told I told you it would be back. I told you it would be back. Yeah. I called it. But yeah, looking forward to it, guys. Thanks again for for joining me. Right, see you later, guys. Cool. Take it easy. Yeah. Bye. 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 So there we have it, folks. Probably one of the more crazy pay-per-views we've had in recent times. Um, and I forgot to actually mention during the chat, but uh, none of the titles that were on the line... Well, well sorry. None of the titles that were being defended uh, actually changed hands, which was quite an interesting little fact um, that I thought I'd quickly mention. Um, big shout-out to Callan and Maz for, for joining me once again, um, and props to Maz for crowning the, the Birkbeck v Birkbeck match, which, let's be honest match of the night um as always let us know what you thought of the pay-per-view uh by giving a shout over on twitter uh it's at just underscore and underscore insight uh, you can use the hashtag jai pod to join in any conversations um and it's easy for me to pick up anything that you want to say about this podcast um on next week's show i am joined by a vocalist of the boston horror horror punk band uh energy um so please keep an eye out for that one uh, it'll be dropping at some point next week um, but yeah for now ladies and gentlemen thanks again for joining me on the Justin Insight podcast and I will see you soon mm-hmm.